This is a podcast of the Church of Indian Lake. No, no, we are not satisfied and we will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. From every mountainside, let freedom ring and when this happens, when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. We shall overcome. I have a dream. How long, not long. Because no lie can live forever. Well, we're here today not to lift up a man, but to lift up a concept and an idea that comes from God himself. The civil rights movement of the 1950s and the 1960s, it started in churches, not unlike the church we're in this morning. It came from pastors who preached and it was inspired by the Holy Scripture. And it was a way as a society, we lived out what God wanted to bring to us as a larger community. And Martin Luther King, who this very day would have been 83 years old, he loved to preach and often did from Amos chapter 5 and especially verse 24. And his most famous speech was given on the Washington Mall Uh, during the March on Washington in August of 1963. And I want to read part of the speech. It says it this way. We can never be satisfied as long as our children are stripped of their selfhood and robbed of their dignity by signs stating for whites only. We cannot be satisfied as long as a Negro in Mississippi cannot vote and a Negro in New York believes he has nothing for which to vote. No We are not satisfied and we will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. That last phrase there comes straight from the scripture from Amos chapter 5 verse 24. And I wanted us to look this morning at this scripture and what Amos was trying to say to the people who first heard a message from God through him, what, how this applied to the civil rights movement and more specifically and more importantly, how it applies to us this morning. So in Amos chapter five, starting with verse 18, says it this way. It says, woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. Why would you have the day of the Lord? Let me pause there for a second. And not unlike 
our mindset today. People were waiting for the day of the Lord, for the Lord to appear. That for us is called the blessed hope because when he appears, he will initiate the beginning of a lot of good things. But in this context, the day of the Lord was not a good thing because throughout Amos and throughout the other prophets, the message was the Assyrians are going to come and take over the country. Be as if I said, I have a word from the Lord. Let's all gather together. And we, we all gathered here at the church and we're real excited to hear what this word from the Lord was going to be. And I said, uh, the Chinese Red Army, they're going to overtake us. That, that's exactly the message that the people received. And so he said this, starting again, woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. Why would you have the day of the Lord? It is darkness and not light. And this is really an interesting word picture. As if a man fled from a lion, which is a good thing to do, and a bear met him. You want to talk about a bad day. If you ran from a lion and faced a bear, I mean, this, the Lord is speaking through some really uh, bold imagery here. So as if a man fled from a lion and a bear met him or went into the house and leaned his hand against the wall and a serpent bit him. Is not the day of the Lord darkness and not light? And gloom with no brightness in it. Now, this is where God gets very specific to this very religious people. I hate, I despise your feast. And I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them and the peace offerings of, of your fattened animals. I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs. To the melody of your harps, I will not listen. And now we read this, the, the passage that was quoted by King. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Righteousness and justice. These very important things to God uh, in like any religious organization or group, people were really into their music and really into their sermons and really into their buildings and their customs. But God was and is really into righteousness and really about justice. Now, righteousness is what's happening on the inside of us. And if you've ever read the book of Romans, which is a wonderful book to read, you'll learn that we are righteous that Jesus has made us righteous. That because of what Jesus has done for us, the question of whether or not we're righteous has been solved. That has been answered. We're righteous not because of what we do, but because of who he is. We're righteous not because of how good we are, but it's because he was the substitute paying the penalty for all the bad things we've done. So the issue of righteousness is settled. On the inside, we are righteous because of Jesus. Those of us who have put our faith completely in him. But justice is different because justice has to do with what happens on the outside. And justice is more than just being fair. My kids are all about that. They want everything to be fair. My sister got this. My brother got this. I should get it too. That's sometimes what we think what justice is. But it's beyond that. It's correct moral practice. It's in our daily personal life. The way we do business the way we interact with people, the way we conduct ourselves morally, 
That's what justice is. It's about social life. It's the way we organize ourselves. It's the systems that we establish. It's the cycles that we have as a community of people. That's what justice is about. And God says this, you might be into your music and you might be into your preaching and you might be into your religion and church, but I think your solemn assemblies stink. That's what God said. I don't find pleasure in them. What I want to see is I want to see justice roll down the mountain like a mighty, mighty water and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. That's what God wants to see. Let me tell you a little bit about Amos, and this will maybe help you understand the context of that scripture. Amos was a shepherd, and he was a poor man. In fact, he tended sycamore trees. And sycamore trees, the fruit of them, is what poor people ate. So he was among the common people. And this was a time under the rule of Jeroboam II that Israel was very, very prosperous. It was doing well. It was doing well, and so Amos would go around to the major cities, and he would go to the religious centers that were contained within those cities, and he would speak against religion and practice and injustice. And he would speak to the religious leaders and the political leaders who only cared for themselves and only cared for what benefited them. And he would say, the way things are are not the way they should be. And if you go now to verse 10 of Amos 5, you will get an idea of what the situation was of that day. Even though prosperity had come, even though success was there, it was only for a few And the poor were being oppressed. And so God says this through Amos, how you hate honest, this is verse 10 of Amos chapter 5. How you hate honest judges, how you despise people who tell the truth. You trample the poor, stealing their grain through taxes and unfair rent. You oppress good people by taking bribes and deprive the poor of justice in the courts. That's what was happening in that day. Let's, re- let's read that again. Let's start with verse 10 if we have that. How do you hate honest judges? How do you despise people who tell the truth? You know, whenever there's corruption, that is truth. Whenever a society and a people become corrupt, all of a sudden they don't care about character. They care more about charisma than they do character. They care more about image than they do truth. They care more about things that happen on the outside uh, on the outside than what the truth really is. So how you hate honest judges, how you despise people who tell the truth, you trample the poor, stealing their grain through taxes and unfair rent. Therefore, this is really a pointed statement. You build beautiful stone houses, you will never live in them because the judgment that was coming. Going on it says though you plant plush lush vineyards You will never drink wine from them. For I know the vast numbers of your sin and the depth of your rebellion. You oppress good people by taking bribes and deprive the poor of justice in the courts. These were the types of messages Amos was bringing to the establishment of that day. People who went to synagogue, who went to the temple, who went to church, who was, they were religiously respected. They loved religion. And they loved church and they loved their customs, but they were ignoring the very important act of justice. 
The fact that, yes, though we are righteous through our religious rituals, and now, though we are righteous through Jesus, there is something more. There is something called justice. That people on this planet, breathing the air we breathe, sharing the space we have, they are being oppressed and they are, are victims of injustice. And it's simply not enough to say we are saved, we are going to heaven, there's a better world that's coming. It's simply not enough to say we are just going to stay here and, and occupy until he comes. No, that's not good enough. For those who are oppressed. That's not good enough for those who are in systems of injustice. And that's why one of the messages that Amos told the people that God used through Dr. King and now he's saying to us today is this justice now. Write it down. Justice now. Not tomorrow. Not later on. There was something in the civil rights movement called gradualism where the establishment said, let's not push too fast. Let's not move too quickly because it's, gonna, it's going to break the balance and it's going to upset the status quo and it could cause things to tip in a wrong direction. And Dr. King, one of the phrases he used is, don't succumb to the tranquility of gradualism, saying that we'll get to it someday. We'll deal with the issue later on. And as religious people, sometimes we do that. We say, we'll, we'll right all wrongs in heaven. We'll make all things better someday in the good old by and by, way down yonder. Later on, we'll get to it. And I think the message today from Amos is justice right now. God wants to move right now. God wants to right the wrongs now. So many people were waiting for the day of the Lord. And they were saying, I want the day of the Lord to come. But the day of the Lord for these people was going to be a dark day. The day of the Lord was going to be a dark day. And while they were waiting for something that would never happen, God was reminding them that I want to see justice roll down like mighty waters. I want to see righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. I want there to be concern for the poor, concern for the oppressed. I want you to take your religion and to get it out of the four walls of whatever type of faith community you're part of and get it out and let it go somewhere else to burst forth. That's the imagery God's using, that we would burst forth into something new, burst forth out of containment, that we wouldn't just contain the blessings of the Lord. That's why it's one thing to know his love, but we must share his love too. We must spread his love too. We must care for the people who are our fellow citizens because it matters today what's going to happen. And that's why the second word I want you to write down is this, let justice flow. Justice now and justice flow. Justice flow. Meaning let it literally roll down the mountain. If you've ever been around a mountain stream, and water is flowing down a mountain. Gravity is very advantageous to that stream. Gravity is pulling the water down from the top of the mountain. And the water is coming. There is nothing as pure as a mountain stream coming straight from the snow. You can drink that water and it washes away the dirt and it washes away uh, the contaminants. And that's the word picture. 
that the prophet Amos was saying, let justice roll down the mountain. Let it come down and begin to wash away the filth of our sin. Let it begin to wash away the sediment of our prejudice. Let it begin to wash away our tradition that has begun to build up over and over in time that is the tradition of man and is not the heart of God. Let justice roll down the mountain. Let it come down and let it continue to be an everlasting stream. Why is that important? Because in the Middle East, uh, a lot of the, uh, the waterways the, were little wadis or creeks that would just be these dry, um, dry creeks that were no water there whatsoever in the arid desert region. But when rain would come, these dry beds would begin to flow and the water would become to flow and they would become quite dangerous. That, you know, really we can relate to that here in middle Tennessee. There's, there's many of the creeks around here that are just normal and tranquil But then a little bit of rain comes, our our nice rain, and and they're dangerous. They're very dangerous. Here in the desert, it's even more severe. And so what is dry can become this mighty, mighty water. And sometimes that's how we are when it comes to justice. We, we, We dabble with justice every once in a while. We dabble in it for a weekend or an afternoon for a project our short-term mission trip. Or we get into it when we're feeling a little guilty and, and we want to appease ourselves, and it's seasonal, like those little creeks. It comes and it goes and it comes and it goes. And when it's convenient for us or when we need an emotional boost, that's when we're people of justice. But in verse 24, God calls for an ever lasting stream, something that doesn't change, something that's not seasonal, something that doesn't go back and forth, but it's perpetual. Why is it perpetual? Because it comes from a source. It comes from the throne of God, from his love and his compassion and his heart for the world. And it's a never ending stream of justice of we as as God's people who have experience redemption and experience adoption and have the benefit of the power of the Holy Spirit. We are not unengaged. We are not closed in. We are not hiding until he comes. We are active. We are engaged. We are solving problems. We are addressing issues. We are getting our hands dirty. We are letting God's justice roll down from the benefit we receive from him. And it's like a mighty everlasting stream and it won't stop when we're connected to him. That's what God wants. He uses this imagery through the prophet Isaiah in chapter 58, excuse me, 48, Isaiah 48, 18. He said, oh, that you had listened to my commands. Then you would have had peace flowing like a gentle river and righteousness rolling over you like waves in the sea. Not something we do, but who we are. People of justice, people who care for the world, people who are involved in the needs of the world. And when that happens, we come down the mountain like a mighty torrent. We're concerned for the rights of the poor. We're concerned for the injustices of this world. We care that our court systems are just. We care that our politicians have integrity. We care that our schools are full of justice. We want those things to happen because we're God's righteous people. And justice needs to happen now and justice needs to flow. And it flows and it comes right through 
the places where we live. It comes in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in our jobs. It flows wherever we go because we carry the Holy Spirit. We are carriers of His presence. Because we carry His presence, that is where justice follows us wherever we go. Amos chapter 5, verse 24. I love the way it puts this. It says, God says, I want to see a mighty flood of justice and an endless river of righteous living. That's what God wants to see out of us. He wants to see, he cares more about our service to humanity than our services in here. I want better services in here. I want to improve. I want to experience his presence with you. That's a wonderful thing. But I also want, I want from this hill, from this building, for justice to roll out of this building, for righteousness like an ever-flowing sea, so God can make himself known through our love. And that's what God wants to do. Here's the third thing I want you to write down, is justice change. Justice change. There's, there's a, a long tradition in Christianity. It's not a bad tradition, but it's just the only one we focus on. And here's the tradition. Let's get God's grace to people. Let them experience his love. Let them experience his life change. And when that happens, the world will become a better place. And that's not entirely wrong to think that way. Because it's true. When God begins to redeem a soul and begins to change someone, it makes the world better. But I want to suggest to you, on this Sunday that talks about social activism and justice and serving our community. That is also the reverse. That as we begin to change the world, as we begin to engage into the needs of the world, as we begin to care about the activities that happen here on this planet, then maybe the people who haven't heard our message might then listen to what we have to say. So it's not like, let's give them grace and then it'll change the world. Yes, but let's also change the world so that they might receive his grace. That's what God wants us to do. God wants us, uh, God wants us to care about the needs and the systems of this world that are bringing injustice. And he's calling us today to receive from his vision to not just be a people who are religious, but be a people who let his justice roll down the mountain. Let his righteousness flow like a stream we can change society it's never too late in fact in verse 15 of Abus 5 the Lord spoke and says hate evil and love what is good turn your courts into true halls of justice so even in those days God cared about the justice system and then he says it's perhaps even the Lord God of heaven's armies will have mercy on the remnant of his people. Say, it's not too late. It's not too late if you hate what is evil and you love what is good and you begin to change society and care about what's happening in society. Then God's going to look upon his remnant and he's powerful to do that, to set laws as they should be, to do business and conduct in public transactions the way he wants them to be done, that honor God and serve people. That's the type of people he's looking for. He wants to be honored and he wants to serve. So at the pinnacle of Amos' prophecy is a call to justice to come to this earth 
and that calls upon you. You are not a victim of history. You are a participant in history. You are not one that just is a victim of what's happening. No, you are one who engages. You make decisions. You, with your conduct, with the words you choose, with the attitudes you choose, you are establishing Jesus' rule and reign on this earth until we see him visibly come again because he's coming again. He's coming again and the earth will see him and the earth will know that he is the true king. He is the true president. He is the senator with no corruption. He is the one who can lead the armies of heaven to conquer sin and darkness. He will assert his rule and reign and until that day, you and I are participants with him to bring justice upon this earth. No act that you give is too small. Every time you show kindness, every time that you show love, every time that you speak up for the oppressed, every time that you use the strength God's given you to take up for somebody else, you are operating in the spirit of Jesus and his rule and reign is becoming more and more apparent on this earth. That is the message of Amos chapter 5. So I want to say, let justice roll down like mighty waters and let righteousness flow like an ever-flowing stream. How's that going to happen? It can happen a lot of different ways. But can I just suggest to you some ways that justice can roll down like a mighty water? I want to say, care for the poor. Show justice in the courtroom. Have fair elections all over the world. Educate children eradicate disease interrupt cycles of poverty steward the planet base election off ideas and not 30 second commercials stop unnecessary wars quit oppressing the poor through the lottery don't sell the soul of our nation to lobbyists and special interest group eliminate weapons of mass destruction Rescue young girls from human trafficking of sex slaves. Exterminate world hunger. Do not tolerate genocide. Let justice roll down like a mighty waters and let righteousness flow like an ever-flowing stream. And for some of you who say, well, all those things you just mentioned, Aaron, what does that have to do with church? It has everything to do with church. We're the gathering of God's elect. We're the gathering of God's people. And we're here to right wrongs. We're here to represent light. We're here to engage with darkness. And the darkness will not overcome. And so the systems of the world and the systems that the enemy has had his foothold in, that they no longer should be the rule and the reign. Instead, you and I can assert ourselves and we can use whatever influence God's given us to bring a difference to this planet. And that is the message of justice. I thank God that as a nation, as a country, we've come so far in the black-white issue. But this is more than that, even though that's not that's so important. I'm not minimizing that in any way. But the message from the civil rights movement, the message from the Lord through Amos, reiterated by Dr. King, is a message of justice. And it goes more than just two races. It goes to the things I mentioned. It goes to looking and being a voice for people who don't have a voice, for righting the wrongs of this community we live in. And you are going to do it. God's stirring some of you today. He's stirring you to good works. He's stirring you to good actions. The Lord wants to cause some idealism in you to come back to life again. He's 
God's in you. He wants you to dream again. He wants you to look at a situation and, and there used to be a time where you could say, man, let's do something about it now. But since that time, you've been burned been hurt or maybe things didn't go the way you wanted it to and the Lord says he wants to stir that idealism back in you again one person can make a difference you can make a difference you can initiate change it we are pushing back darkness we are establishing his rule and reign on this king in, in his kingdom here on this planet let's pray about that right now father we love you we thank you for stirring we thank you God you have made us partners with you of redemption. The Lord is redeeming the world. He's bringing back his his way of life. His culture is being established and we get to join him. We're partners with him. Father, we thank you for that. We love you, Jesus. Would you stand with me? And we believe the Lord's going to begin to stir things up within us. Thank you, God, that The way things are now won't be the way they'll always be. Thank you, Lord. We know, God, that we are victorious in Christ. We thank you, Lord, that you made us more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave himself for us. Thank you, God, that there is an army of righteousness. Lord, we're dropping down the weapons that destroy, the physical weapons that take life. And instead, Lord, we take up in our hands weapons of righteousness, Lord, in our right and in our left, so that we can push back the darkness of the enemy. Thank you for the sword of the Spirit. And may the word of the Lord spread throughout the earth. May the word of the Lord spread across America. May the word of the Lord be strong. Lord, let us be your people. Lord, you said in the last days that people who knew their God would be strong and do exploits. I thank you, God, that you gave us a word on the first day of this year that we're getting stronger. We're getting stronger. We're not getting weaker. We're not going backwards. We're not giving up ground. We're getting stronger. We're advancing in Jesus' name because those who know their God will be strong and do exploits. We thank you, Lord, that what you spoke, Lord, to the prophet Amos, Lord, we hear you. And Lord, I say that, Lord, in my life and in my family and in this church, let justice roll down like a mighty water. Let righteousness flow like an ever-flowing stream. God, establish your rule. Establish your reign, King Jesus. And we glorify and we bless you and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. We love you, Lord. Now I'm praying over you that there would be a stirring in your soul. God's going to give a stirring in your soul. You know, God loves us so much sometimes that there's an irritant he puts in our spirit and he just won't let something go within us. And maybe this afternoon or maybe tomorrow morning or maybe even in your dreams that you're going to be irritated about something. And the Lord said that it's not necessarily a bad thing that he is stirring something within you because he's not going to let you live a passionless existence because there is coming a day when we're going to stand before him and he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. That will be the day that everything that we do now will count in eternity for him. And so, Father, we pray for that stirring. We pray, oh God, for that stirring within us. Lord, if there's places we need to be uncomfortable, make us uncomfortable. Lord, if we see things no one else sees, the Lord wants to remind you that some of you are seeing things no one else sees. And you see something and something in your spirit says that's wrong. And no one else around you sees it. The Lord says he's confirming to you right now that he is giving you vision to right that wrong. You are a voice for someone who can't speak for themselves. You are 
You are an advocate. You're standing in the gap. And the Lord says, it's okay that my spirit is your companion. My spirit is confirming that to you right now. You're seeing something no one else has seen. You know, just because everyone around you is accepting something wrong, if the Holy Spirit, something wrong is right, if the Holy Spirit says it's wrong, you have to listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to him. And so the Lord wants to make that life to some of you right now. Lord, we love you. So Lord, there's a stirring. I believe the Lord is going to use this passage today and this message today and this declaration over many, many people in you in here that this is going to be the beginning of a stirring. And so Lord, we receive that and we thank you for it. In Jesus name. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Church of Indian Lake.